Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Gentlemen, welcome to the mostly dormant podcast that occasionally gets all jazzed up and decides to do a show known as Grown Men Watch This Shit and Rarely Record a Podcast. <laughs> Would you believe it? Uh. <laughs> what the hell was that? Sounds like a zip. Dad, Ben, uh, were you zipping up your clothing? I was zipping up my uh, headphones bag. Oh, you do far too much uh, <laughs> audio things in the background for the podcast. I think that's what keeps it interesting. His groaning, <laughs> we mentioned before the show, the zipper going on. I'm going to actually be uh, interrupting the show a little bit here with a torch, but maybe I'll be respectful and I'll mute myself. You guys carry on for a moment. Oh. Very disappointed with this being respectful. I was pretty sure all right. that, all right. uh, all right, good. Torch going on. <laughs> you demanded it, Chris. That's what you get. Oh, god. I feel like this is adding to the, all of the things. Yeah, I'm over here just, you know, doing drugs. No big whoop, anybody. As you hear right now, this is. Uh, all right, all right. No, drugs are done. being consumed. Wax is being melted. Torches are blowing. No, the drugs have been exhaled. <laughs> <laughs> you see, how much better is it that we, we welcome all of our friends out there in podcast land to that beautiful Terrible experience? ASMR. Yeah, that's what you get with this show, guys. Guys and bots. Guys and bots and gals. That's what you get. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm ready to podcast. Yay. Nice. Oh, so uh, so the, the listeners out there that have been shocked to see <laughs> there there is a, another episode that's appeared in their, their feed for the first time since, like, December November. or November, November of last year. Like, what's going on? What 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 is the purpose here? Well, yes, it is, of course, Pro Wrestling Noah, because this podcast has now pretty well grown men watch Pro Wrestling Noah, and I'm not mad about that. Uh, things happened. Uh, there's been developments. We initially wanted to cover like the, the significant shows between the, the N1 last year, and then, of course, the big return to Budokan that happened uh, just the other week. Uh, but, you know, whatever. So we just decided to do three months of shows in one show. Why not? <laughs> so safe to say we won't be running down each each card match by match because that would probably take us about eight hours uh so i think especially where we get three shows oh yeah of course so we we I thought we'd you guys answer my questions of stuff that is going on that maybe i didn't understand right away so we'll we'll cover some things but uh yeah man uh first thing i want to say is these last couple shows that we had watched had some guy doing the voiceovers for the hype videos, 
that got me yeah. so fucking jacked to watch these shows. <laughs> I was like sit, sitting in my chair, he's like, Who the God? Like just screaming his head off. I'm like, Fuck, yes. I'd rather watch a pro wrestling Noah motherfucker. Oh man, yeah, like just just a really like enthusiastic that. Japanese voiceover is just can get me excited for anything. I really need that as my like alarm to get me out of bed each day. Well, that would be so awesome. <laughs> just to get pumped for gym, anything in life. I feel like if I just had a yeah, enthusiastic <laughs> Japanese man following me around shouting at me, I feel like I'd, I'd do do better things in this world. Oh nice, I'd love I'd pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's a lot that happened, all of the things. But I mean, before we get into the Noah, uh, what what has happened in in you guys' lives in in the meantime? I know everyone loves our extended preamble, so let's start with that. Oh, I just had the yeah. best five day lockdown ever. What? Are you being sarcastic, or that was actually? No, I, I fucking loved every every minute of doing nothing, absolutely nothing for five days. Sounds lovely. What what I'd made this one own. better than the last one? Oh, I, do. I worked through the last one, but this one, they pretty much shut everything down. So oh. I got my uh, morning run, I'd get my morning coffee, I'd go give mum a wave because she's in my five kilometer range, zone we're allowed to go into. Mm-hmm. And I'd come back, come back, have some lunch, watch some wrestling, have a little nap, do a gym session, then repeat the next day. Sounds oh. lovely. I, I put the beach in the next day. I thought, no, I'm feeling like a little bit of beach today. So I had a little recovery session at the beach, a little walk, a little coffee. And it's just literally five days where you didn't have to justify doing absolutely nothing to anyone. <laughs> I like that because when I do nothing, I have a guilt that I attach to it. Yeah. So the so, idea that it's all just taken off your shoulders, I like that. So it's like there was no guilt at all. I was like, sit back, relax and enjoy Sounds delightful. So you basically had a staycation. Yeah, basically a five-day staycation. Did you get paid for it? Oh, yeah, I'd use my leave, though. Mm. That, that's a little annoying, but oh, it's better than nothing. Pros and cons. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah. Um, Pretty uh, well, outside of a brief uh, COVID scare, because my girlfriend came in contact with somebody who got the coronavirus. Uh, Classic Alicia. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Way to go. Way to go into public and shit. I'm sitting over here, avoiding public at all as possible, and then she comes in and brings the public toward me. It's disgusting. But yeah, so I got nervous for one day, and then everything's fine. But outside of that, man, nothing. Just bored, man. Just bored, 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 watching as much TV or wrestling and trying to occupy time, working on art. You know, just filling the time. Bored mm. as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I've been a bit yeah. bored lately. It's, it's, mm. I go get the boredness. I understand this. Yeah, not too much to, to speak of from, from my neck of the woods. But, uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time recently has been occupied by just trying to jam all of the Noah. Because let me tell you guys, like, this is Budokan show. This was a big deal for me. This is like... Noah's like return to, to their ancestral home basically for the first time after like an exodus of like what what did they say, twelve years, ten years? I think it was twenty ten was the last yeah. show. I, I wanted That's to go to this show. I, I messaged you, Ben. I was like, let's do this. You did. And you were 100%. like <laughs> You were keen, but we you're like, I don't think that's gonna happen and you ended up being right. 
You're going to travel in a pandemic, you crazy bastard? I mean, if we could. I mean, we're not going to break any rules out here. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing pretty pretty good with the COVID, generally speaking, in Australia. At one point, you had to speak of uh, having a, a sweet little travel bubble that was going to happen between New Zealand and Japan and here. That never hmm. really eventuated, sadly. Uh, well, but got, travel bubble? We had New Zealand until recently, until they got more COVID cases and Sydney went to sh- went a little bit shit around Christmas. But that was when, and then Japan went to shit just before Christmas as well. Just before Tokyo Dome, right? Yeah. Crazy. So, and they're doing all, they have all those things where they have to have the shows done by a certain times. You're not allowed out past a certain time and all that kind of stuff over in Japan. Curfews. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was a bit sad that I, I wasn't able to be there for Noah's mm. big, big return home. Uh, I was there last year for their big um, big sumo hall show, uh, which was a big deal um, to, to be there for. But, you know, you, you do what you can. So, essentially, if I wasn't going to be there, I wanted to experience this live and I definitely didn't want to be spoiled for this show. Nothing would have made me sadder. So, I, uh, I, I had to catch up with a significant amount of Noah. Um, I think as of a few weeks ago, I was like still up to that, that, um, show. show. Yeah. Yeah. The November show with, uh, the, the winner of the N1 in, uh, Nakajima, uh, finally challenging for the GHC title of his, uh, former Axis partner who he turned his back on, Go Shizaki. So that, there's a lot of wrestling that happened between those things, and I'm happy to say I wasn't spoiled. Uh, I, I got the show watched on this past Monday night uh, with uh, with the guys, with my uh, buddy David and my my much loved uh, friend Davis. Uh, it was a very nice time. Uh, we all watched it together, um, and yeah, I, I just am so happy. That I wasn't spoiled on this show. All of the work was worth it, guys. Oh, you're a lucky man. A very yeah. lucky man. Yeah, you got fucked, didn't you? I got fucked on two of the... Either two or three of the matches. What? How do you say either two or three? Like, you watched it now. Were you spoiled or were you not? So, I, I, I was spoiled on the junior match. Yep. Harada was... and... Um, and yeah. no, no, yeah. Yoshi, no, no, no. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I managed to see while I was checking. I had to check something on Facebook, and I managed to. The first thing that came up was a picture of him with the title. Ah, uh, Yoshioka <laughs> with the belt. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? And then I got a notification in Facebook again, and of course, the oh, thing no. above my notification was some fuckwit saying. Muto winning the belt. Was like, uh, fucking asshole. Uh, you have to yeah, turn off that, those notifications. Hmm. How about you, I Jeremy? I'm on Twitter because I'm on Twitter constantly. Yeah. Nothing, nobody really follows Noah besides me and you guys mm. that I follow, really. Or they at least don't talk about it openly enough. Where you I'm don't follow it. Husame? Well, oh. I don't see that. It doesn't pop through. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I follow so many motherfuckers. Yeah, that one true. Just... true. But, no, somebody definitely brought up that Muto had. Uh, won the title because it was such a significant thing. Yeah, and I knew it would be, so that's why I was on complete social media blackout from the the Friday here in Australia where the show happened Mm -hmm. through till till that Monday. Uh, 
was actually quite a nice thing, just completely detaching from social media for that time. So I, I didn't mind it at all, actually. I want to want to try doing it more. Uh, but yeah, so I, I am so happy that I wasn't spoiled, especially yeah. uh, considering the the shocking finish that we we had to to the main event with uh, with Muto winning the strap. Um, and yeah, it, uh, the, the way that it happened, I was just, I popped out of my chair. I was like, just <laughs> what? Like my eyes got all, all wide. Like the only three of us, Davis knew, um, but, but David and I were not spoiled. So we were just like mm. jumping, just like, holy shit. And like, yeah, the, the look oh. on, on Go's face was basically the look on my face. Uh, oh, me too. Like I knew he lost, but it's like. What? That is how he did. I, like, I couldn't believe it. Can I ask? Well, did the pace, that cushion the, the blow? The, match, the pace of the match was so interesting that mm. that just came out. It literally was yeah. so sudden that you're like, oh, oh shit, oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny how it changed on uh, on on rewatch for me. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, Ben, like, if you didn't know, if you knew the winner beforehand, did it, did it cushion the blow in in a way? Because like you'd already sort of accepted it, and then you were just watching how it happened, or did it still yeah. like break your heart? It, it, it cushioned the blow a little, but it still it didn't make it any easier <laughs> for for his title run to end from a guy who hobbles around in the ring most of the time. Well, for <laughs> right. me, I I think the story of like his uh, title it, run. For all the stuff that we watched, man, he like got wore the fuck out. Yeah. To the oh, point yeah. where like it was almost inevitable that somebody was gonna take him down and it just yeah. happened to be Muto, you know. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. When I was watching, especially on the on the second rewatch, I feel like the story is that yeah, exactly as you're saying, Go has, has just been worn down with each defense and especially like the last defense prior to this, which was probably Not the most crazy too. Yeah. I mean both of those were just like yeah. Inhuman suffering, like just so much damage. Uh, so it's almost like he came into this, like, and, and the idea that his, his bandages are just like growing, slowly becoming the human mummy of wrestling. Um, and then and this this was just together. like the the what do they call it the the last uh, bit of hay on the donkey that broke its back straw. Something straw there. on the donkey's back, I think. Is it straw on the Camel, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Is this an American idiotism that you're trying to use, or is it just a, is that a, a worldwide one? Now that's probably a Middle Eastern one, right? That's that's just how I go They're with idiots. with every idiom. I uh, mix them all together. Yeah, I don't know whether it's like my um, like the amount of uh, concussions that I got while wrestling, or. <laughs> The amount of the marijuanas that I smoke, or my ADD—one of those yes, three things probably responsible. The wall of these big. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh god. But yeah, like I feel like that was the story, and and the, the actual story through the match as well that I really kind of like soaked up on on rewatch too. Uh, I mean, we're pretty well talking about this match now, so we, should we just stick Long with this? Down. Yeah, keep yeah. going with it. Uh, so, I mean, to me, the big thing, the biggest momentous moment of the match, I mean, it was all about the, the Muto wrestling a very smart match in my mind and, and targeting those legs, especially after the, the tap out, to, or not the tap out, but like the referee calling it with the, the figure four and the Corrigan yeah. prior. Um, and he put him in the, the figure four twice. That second one was, was real close. 
um, and just like wearing down those knees. And I think the most telling moment of the match was when when Go finally hit that big moonsault after the 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 mm. Gowan didn't didn't work, and then he he can't do the proper cover because he's holding his knee, so it was only like half covering him, and it's because of of that knee work that that cost him the match really, and then Muto yeah. just capitalized on it. I, I loved the the finish with the with the catch uh, Frankensteiner. Um, it, it, you know, might not have been the most perfect Frankensteiner in the world, but it was like it was one of those just just urgency, like got as much of it as he possibly could, and I thought it worked great. There were a few moments well, yeah, in the match that were a perfect, bit rough, but you know, position. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I thought the match told a great story. Especially on on rewatch, um, and yeah, I, I can't fault it. I mean, I, I don't think I've really heard any negative talk of, of this match. When I think going in, everyone had like these these dark fears that it was not going to be good, and you know, old man Muto's going to win the belt and blah blah blah. But I think all all things considered, it, it came off real good. I, I definitely agree. It was actually a lot. I thought Muto was a whole lot better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, because he like he had in the lead up build up tags and all the matches he's had previously, they hadn't been nowhere near this long. Mm. He had these little cameos where he does his dragon screw leg whip, shining wizards, like he's the things you pay to see. Yeah, but this is the, probably the, the best match. The the story it told, the deliberate pace, it sort of worked with what he's capable of doing. It was slow and steady. Spent time on the ground. He went. Did his ways of working the knee, uh, the leg and knee go with the, the drop kicks, the dragons through leg whips through the ropes. It was, I actually didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but I actually loved it. It wasn't the go's best type of defense because there was some crazy ones in the run, but it definitely wasn't the worst match. Was, yeah, I, I think it was absolutely it. the the best that could have possibly been expected. Oh, working with with Muto's limitations, but even that that being said, like I don't want to make it sound like you know Muto's this this old dude that has to be carried through the match. Like I feel like Muto did looked great. He he definitely did his part. Um, it wasn't so. wasn't like the the hobbling Muto that we've we've seen in in years past, like that you're referencing, Ben. Like it wasn't yeah. any moment where I was like. Fuck! This is going to be the guy that's yeah. GHC champion kind of thing. So yeah, it's very sad because yeah, obviously I, I love Go and this uh, title reign. I feel has been like the best uh, heavyweight title run uh, anywhere in the world since uh, Kabashi oh. had the GHC last time. But yeah, every all good things have to come to an end, right? Yeah. What What do you think of uh, Muto using that Emerald Fusion uh, or Fusion? Emerald Flosion, yeah. Flosion. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it because from like a Western wrestling perspective, it's it's like it's a, it's it's meant to be a, um, like a fuck you kind of thing to like yeah, steal someone's finish and it's like yeah. disrespectful. Whereas I've almost like feel like in, in the world of, of, you know, the acknowledging the history of all Japan and, and Misawa and then the whole chronological, chrono, whatever word I'm going for there. The chronology. Chronology. There we go. That's what I was going for. Uh, of, uh, you know, all Japan and, and pro wrestling. Noah, I almost see it as like like a like a nod to Misawa and like the, mm. the history of Noah. The fact oh, that... Oh, everyone shows their love to Misawa. 
yeah. And and the fact that he had to use Misawa's move yeah. to get it done. Yeah. No, I, I definitely forget that one. And nod to his boy. Yeah. I, I honestly, I love, really love the match, especially in the beginning, how they just did stick to a mat face. Like, mm-hmm. clearly deliberate to extend, you know, what Muda could do throughout the damn mm-hmm. match. Not that he's immobile, like we were saying. Like, his knees are definitely better than we've seen in the past. But just having them do that style definitely made the match be able to mm. go that the length it did. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, some great stuff. Love that rolling like almost half a kick like Muda did. Yeah. Oh, I popped for that big. He did. He did like a solba before it, and it was a sweet yeah. solba. And then he he yeah did that that rolling almost like a uh, like a yeah capo kick like a Jushin Liger kind of one. Um, that was that, that was the moment where I was like, holy fuck, Muda's got yeah. some uh, some some dynamism left. And then I love the bit where he just like. I think it was like three wizards in a row, where like two, <laughs> one to the front, one to the back, one to the front again. Like this, the one to the back of the head was fucking snug and beautiful. Like it, it for anybody who was worried about the match, maybe the low expectations made it even that much better for all of us. Yeah, but yeah. It wasn't the Muda you guys are all worried about seeing by yeah. any means. Yeah, um, I, there was a couple spots that I liked, but that were gnarly. When Go went for the delayed vertical suplex and oh, dropped yeah. directly <laughs> on his head, like he didn't hold him at all, like a boop, boop, right to his head. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. Well, and then he goes corner of the ring and just goes pop. <laughs> and then the, both the moonsaults were perfect. The mm. by Go, like the yeah, they're the nice floating ones that like uh, Kurt Angle does. Very very Kobashi esque. I've always thought. Yeah, there you go, mm. Kobashi. Yeah. Um... Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I, I loved this match as well because, like, you, you didn't look at the time till it was over. And mm. it was a, a long match, but it didn't feel like it dragged yeah. at all. And it, I think that's yeah. some, there's something to be said for that when it's, like, generally a, a you know somewhat slow pace. But I think it was the quality of the storytelling that, like, kept you attached to it. And they just told an interesting story. The, when they do the multiple, like, Two finishes in a row. Is that what you guys... I still the vernacular is foreign to me, but the King's Road style, is that what that is? Like, when he goes for, like, the go flasher, and then he goes for the limit break, like, right in row, like, his two finishes, like, he can't get him this one, he's going to go for the next one. Is that what that King's Road style is, or is there something else? Pretty much. I mean, it, it's, a, okay. it's a funny thing. Like, the, it's something you can argue about all day in terms of what really is King's Road. Uh, and I think it's like, you know, different to different people. But to me, like, it's always just about the the build of of the match and of the offense through the match. So starting mm-hmm. with, with your, your, you know, smaller moves and, and just working your way up. And it's like just working to that crescendo of just like, well, this didn't work. So fuck, you know, and, and just kind of like keeping building, building, building with that offense and, and the damage to, to your opponent until you, until you get it done. I mean, it, it has the same flow. Like when you, when you watch something like this or, or you know, especially like the Segura go match um, or, you know, even go Nakajima, like it has that, that build reminiscent of all of like those big Misawa matches, big Kawada matches, big Tauway matches. So, I mean, that, that's at least it to me. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? Oh, I totally agree, Chris. <laughs> I couldn't put it any better myself. Yeah, I was just curious because it, it seemed something 
that I noticed within Noah definitely like that style like where somebody mm. it definitely is built out slow but then like the double finishers like where it definitely they're significantly like saying I gave it all but I have one other thing that I can bust out hopefully this is what does it you know? mm. Mm. yeah and like that's exactly it like when when Go had uh, had, had done the the gallons and they didn't work and then he goes for the goes for the the moon salt to really get it done um uh, yeah it's like just that escalate escalation i guess yeah but. well hey we covered that match but there's something i wanted to ask what the hell's going on with inamura did he leave congo or did he get kicked out and why the hell did he get rid of the mohawk I mean, what the hell? <laughs> all right all right so we've, we've got a few stories to, to yeah. cover here and the developments of noah over the few months hmm. i i've loved the the transformation of inamura actually so so oh, his deal it, by the way i'm not yeah. mad at it not at yeah all. his I, deal I, is i, I mean you want to take it away though. ben i do miss the mohawk oh from, i think from, i think we all do to a point from what i remember it was it was back when I think it was Kato after a, a tag match. Yeah, against he Congo. Went to, yeah, went over to Inamura and I don't speak Japanese, but was saying something to him. And next thing you know, instead of he was walk, he walked away with Kato, and the next thing you know, and he, he gave him his hand, didn't he? And they, they yeah. shook hands, yeah. and then you saw Keno's just like, "What the fuck yeah. is this?" <laughs> but in in my mind, it was basically like like Kaito going to him and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're better than this. I, I think, mm. you know, you can, you can be something special if you do things the right way. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't think you need to be with these guys anymore. Um, and then he's just yeah. like, yeah. And then he, it's about going back to basics, I think. So he, he quit Congo, got rid of the Mohawk, went back to his black gear, black. was in a lot of openers as well and really worked his way up mm. through the card. Um, so I feel like it was, yeah, him sort of like quitting Congo, gone back to basics, yeah, reset, and then, then climbing his way back up. Um, and he has had a, a few of these tag matches with, with Kaito. Uh, yeah. Another one of his tag partners is uh, Daiki Inaba, who uh, I've become a big fan of lately mm. as well. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, his, his journey over to the, the side of good in uh, the land of previously Noah. So it was really no like formal split from. No. Um, just, he kind of just stepped away. They're kind of like, all right, whatever, dude. Well, they have had I some guess. great matches uh, against him. So I feel oh, okay, like that's... was there yeah, one Ben maybe Anaba and um, and Inamura against like Soya and Masa. Yeah. Uh, Masa. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's at least one or two. And there's some yeah, real I've fire really where they're just like really giving in a more shit, yeah. like and beating the fuck out of him because yeah. he left. So, I mean, it's not like there's uh, you know post match attacks or anything like that. Yeah, but I definitely don't think the they appreciated his leaving. Hmm. But they're but they're still like they probably respect because dude, he's a beast. The guy is fucking awesome, hmm. and he it, even like they said in the one most recent episode or the one we watched, Destination. The guy is like. I expected a new costume from yeah. Inamura, but <laughs> <laughs> here he is. <laughs> like he's like, oh okay, telling the story about how he's you know mm. keeping it about the wrestling, not worried about being flashy, wearing red, and having a crazy mohawk. <laughs> yeah, he's, although also the finisher—that's a new one, isn't it? The the, the uh, Muzo bringing it back to yeah. Takeshi Rikio. That was Takeshi Rikio's yeah. finish from back in the day. Mm. 
a fella fought because he was a was he a sumo wrestler or something or in Amora? some kind of no uh, Rikio Rikio. I'm actually not sure of Rikio's background personally, but uh, I always just thought it was the coolest move. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm really happy to see Inamura with it. I think Inamura's like got a, a real respect for like the history of pro wrestling Noah as well, so it's a bit of a nod to the history too. Yeah, he was the first guy when we started watching. Like, you know, I was doing the goofy thing with all the names, but I learned his name immediately because like this guy's just clearly special in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all really noticed that. It was funny, like, yeah, when I was watching it with, uh, with Davis, Davis was the same. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? I want to wrestle him. <laughs> I love his, like, his power, his little pose that he does off a power move, like the little crouch with his one arm extended and one, like, cocked, like, like kind of like a one-armed Dave uh, Batista machine gun thing. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love his, his big, like, shoulder blocks. That his, his shoulder block... The diving one off the top rope yeah, is right. like my favorite move in all of wrestling. It's yeah, the one of so the most cool. recent pay per view or the re- mm. most recent show was massive. Mm. Yeah, he just soared. There was a match he had recently where like he went for it and the the guy just like moved out of the way and he just ate shit and it was uh, it's definitely something to see. I love a good dope. Uh, the, the American commentators are. I, it was, or not American, the English commentators. English. Say. Mm. Yes. Apologies. I'm so nationalistic. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, they are hilarious. You're basically like a MAGA hat wearer, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah I'm a Trumper <laughs> over here. Making <laughs> wrestling better again. Fucking proud boy <laughs> Jeremy over here. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, they were hilarious. The, the one guy kept on saying these ridiculous colloquialism i don't know where he came up with them like one is like it's kicking off like a frog in a sock which is a fucking ridiculous and then he was like uh flippy as a ghost or a goat on roller skates i i forget what it was <laughs> like, what the hell is this guy saying i love it and then he also said this guy is as tough as woodpecker lips i mean if you think, think about it a wood, like woodpecker's gotta have pretty pretty darn strong lips uh. They got no lips, bro. They got a beak. <laughs> Probably would have been better if tough as a woodpecker's beak. Anyway. But not as oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Like, we, we have a, a little moment to speak about the uh, English language commentary. Uh, I, I spoke to you about this, Ben, initially. Yeah. I, I accidentally listened to one of the English language commentary shows. Gave him a go. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Nah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good with the Japanese commentary, uh, and yeah, we we sort of had our little little chat about perhaps yeah. uh, we we watch the Noah a bit more regularly than these dudes do in terms yeah. of actually knowing the backstories and and exactly mm. what's going on. Um, but let me tell you, um, this show initially I was yeah. outraged that I only had the option to watch the English English language commentary because of yeah, aforementioned same. reasons, uh, but listening to it. They have improved. I feel like they did a great oh, job on this show. Load. Oh, they definitely yeah, have over the last two, the three shows that I watched, definitely. It, it's like they actually knew what they were talking about in this show compared to the first one. I saw. It's like, have you actually seen any of these guys wrestle before? But like, <laughs> this, this, these last the last five matches in this show, it's like they, they knew the backstories, they knew the histories. It's like they'd actually done some sort of research, watched some previous shows to actually give you some in-depth analysis of what they're actually watching. 
Yeah. And they were and actually one of them was the heat he was getting in his commentary was like was like, Fuck, this guy's going. And it's actually yeah. I'm actually enjoying listening to this guy go. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, I um I really like it from the perspective of A, I just like that they both sound like Alan Cunahan or Alan Forel. <laughs> I always just thought he was the most delightful sounding chap on all of the um all of the, the podcasts I've listened to him on or the WXW commentary. Uh, so so that's a win. But secondarily, I, I like that they, they create like the real fight sort of atmosphere in their commentary. Like it, mm. it feels like they're, they're covering a fight. They treat it like an athletic contest. Uh, reminds me a bit of like, did you guys ever watch the, uh, the UWFI used to have those Bushido pay-per-views in, in the U.S.? Uh, where they had these two European commentators do English commentary over a bunch of uh, Japanese UWFI matches. Um, well, I'm, sh- I'm hoping someone out there in podcast land does. Otherwise, my reference be like, will be for naught. Yeah, spot on, Chris. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they reminded me a lot of that. Uh, so yeah, uh, hats off to them. They've, they've gotten better. Uh, frankly, I think I probably will return to the Japanese commentary again when it's an option. Uh, but I'm mm. glad to see they're getting better. Definitely. Yeah, well, I, I, I tweeted about the goofy shit they were saying, and all of a sudden I saw liked by Mark Pickering. I'm like, oh, oh. shit, this dude's looking for his looking for Noah English commentary tweets. I'm like, <laughs> this fucking Mick Mark Pickering, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's how you get better, right? You look out there for criticisms, for feedback. So maybe, maybe he's not just a mark for himself. Maybe he's, he's looking to improve however he can. I was just goofing on what he said, but not like in a mean way. I was just kind of like, I can't believe this guy said this ridiculous shit about a frog in a sock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if he's listening, please continue those those ridiculous uh, yeah, Englishisms. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. All right, so uh, if we can wind back a little. Uh, again, we've, we've watched uh, three big shows of uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, starting with uh, uh, the basically the, the next step on from the N1 tournament that uh, we did a fantastic job of covering, guys. Uh, and oh, yeah. we, we had the, the big show in, was that the Yokohama Budokan show, Ben? That was correct, Christopher. Memory seven you well. Woo! See, I still got it sometimes, guys. Uh, so that was uh, Go uh, defending against Nakajima. Now, that one, I was actually expecting Nakajima to get the win going into. Uh, Dude, what did you guys think at that point? 100%, I thought. Whoa. We agreed and said the same exact thing as well. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'll say something to the contrary, just to, nah, fuck that. Ben's wrong. <laughs> it, was, it was just the way it was built. It was like, he broke away, trying to get out of the shadow of a goat, and it's like, he's going to take the mantle as the number one guy. It's like, the build was like, he couldn't read it going any other way, as far as I, I could see. It was like, I thought it had to be Nakajima. And yep. when it wasn't, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought for all of those reasons, yeah, like the right call was, was going to be this is Nakajima's time to finally regain the, the title uh, that he lost all that time ago when he was sort of in that, that position as the, the Noah ace. And it's this turn to the dark side uh, that is, has finally put him back there. Uh, and no, 
go go stuck it out and, and got the victory again tremendous match it's been so long since i've watched it i can't remember too much specifics yeah. other than really enjoying it um i got some uh, stuff we can go I got, all right please yeah i got a, anything else on the show prior yeah, to that first what else do we um, have there well, oh, you mean match any oh, any significant matches that stand out to you on this show? Again, not match by match. Yeah. Anything previous yeah. to the main event that was significant? Yeah. I like the Kato There's... and Kaido match. Yeah, same. And the... oh, that was really good. They always have like... great matches. Yeah. The the tag title match too, because of Funaki and Marufuji versus you know who. That was yeah. That was pretty good. Wait, Funaki and Marafuji versus you know this was this show was a while ago, Ben. Please, it's it's the tag team champions, Christopher, Sakuraba and Haka and Sugura. Sugura, Sugura. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that was tremendous. I, I thought as soon as I said Funaki and Marafuji for the tag titles, you wouldn't have needed me to prompt you anymore. I think I just um, missed hearing you say tag titles. So okay, yeah. Speaking of that, I, I'm going to put it out there. Best tag team of the year. I've already given my, my wrestler of the year, of course. Everyone knows Go Go gets that. Best tag team of the year 2020. Um, I'm giving that to Segura and uh, Sakuraba. I think they have been tremendous. I didn't expect Sakuraba to have as much left in the tank. Uh, and I think every every defense of late has just been incredible. So I want to give my hats off to them. Um, I also want to put over the tremendous uh, on the first show that we watched was the Mudo and the Tanaguchi match. Oh that yeah, was, that was really great, and I kind of it set up and gave me an expectation of maybe because I knew we were building to the title match. Yeah, that maybe a feeling that that he was going to be going over in that, and that's why I thought the Nakajima match was going to be the one that he took that he took the title off Go for the same story. Like Go had been tired and beaten up so mm. much, like. It was inevitable that one of these guys was going to beat him. But yeah, the Mudo Tanaguchi match was great. And I loved how much Mudo swears all the time <laughs> in English. <laughs> like, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> Everywhere. Like, before every fucking shiny wizard, he says motherfucker. Uh, and I. One of my favorite things about uh, Japanese wrestling is how these guys yell the other guy's name right before they're going to kick him in the face. Like, yes. Tanaguchi! Boom! <laughs> like, yeah! yeah! My favorite part. Yeah, yeah. big fan of that. Because uh, that's what you want to hear right before you get smacked in the face. Your own name yelled at you. Yeah, just a little bit extra <laughs> fuck you, you know? Your dude's yeah. like giving you this big, big punch or whatever and he's like calling out your name before it. It's got to sting that little bit more. So, yeah, that was real good. Uh, epic. I think Epic sums up my thoughts on the uh, Nakajima Go match. Uh, I feel oh. like the, the build again throughout was really good. Again, had that, that real classic feel of a big-time Epic Noah match. Uh, it was it was obviously heated. Uh, you know, the, the chop versus kick story just never gets old for me. Oh, that was great. Oh, that was brutal. Kicking him right in the arm and shit. Yeah. There's also the spinning back, uh, that karate chop he does from Go. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the Kabashi one. Yeah, that one. That is brutal. What else did I write? 
And then also Nakajima almost like ground and pounds go with numerous forearms when he had him pinned in the ground. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, then, I like the whole how the whole match started out, like with them just immediately going to the outside, and he's just gonna wear this motherfucker down again, whipping them into the guardrails, which we appreciate because they're so damn loud and they're perfect. <laughs> it's, it's they they don't look like they're very much, but they're loud as hell when people go into them. How they're protecting anyone from falling into the crowd, uh, I can't say. <laughs> hey, just like everything else in Japan, they're just really well engineered and really hard just like the tables yep and they immediately nagajima was working the arm like trying to eliminate Mm. the chop which is a great story because you know Mm. that's even goes dumb he's still going to use the choppy when his arm's (laughs) jacked up so you might (laughs) and by dumb i mean just resilient he keeps trying yeah Um, i've noticed he gets a resilience he gets Mm. that that strength back in the arm if it's like it's worn down he he basically he gets his spirit meter up and he can he can bring it back (laughs) fight off the pain (laughs) and use it for Mm. that for that gowan for the for the win Mm. let me ask you guys there's a spot where they did a uh a frankensteiner they had them fall into the outside i i it didn't look like it was a planned spot because they recovered but they recovered so well what do you think Mm. I, to me, it didn't look like it was planned. It, they just recovered it okay. really well. Yeah, okay. I thought it looked a bit a bit uh, shaky, but I feel yeah. like it was what they were going for. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's totally two different opinions. I'm not sure where to stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whereas, uh, this, this also, I'm a big fan of uh, Nakajima's big matches where he wears them down with these running kicks. Especially those like running ones just to the midsection that look like they're just rib breaking kicks. Uh, big fan of that, but yeah, just a uh, very very epic coming out of this match. Like I I don't know how many stars I, I would give it, but it was uh, just such an enjoyable match and definitely one of the better matches of the year and uh, of of Go's entire title reign, I reckon. Uh, there was a, I have a note here from earlier in the show well, when Inamura was wrestling the weird weird announcer guy goes he's a big piece of Kobe beef <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly uh, what I expect out of white guys doing commentary on Japanese <laughs> wrestling and yeah, I, love it. I was like okay bud I, I get your reference but come on pretty on the nose there almost racist <laughs> hey Kobe beef as as Ben and I can tell you from experience, is oh, very amazing. expensive and very delicious. It's delicious, so indeed. It melts in your mouth when you pay enough money. Yeah, I bet. I think it was the the good one was when we went down there for just we took the Kinkens and uh, Kobe just for our, our lunch mm-hmm. to have our steak and go. Well, it's not as bad as it sounds. Like Kobe is very close to Osaka. It's like basically a what a half hour on the Shinkansen. Uh, I think it was an hour, but it was still well. I would have gone three hours back with that beef was. Yeah. It melted in my mouth, even though it was like, it was like $10 per bite we paid. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But yeah, for any, any of you out there that go to Japan, regardless of whether you're fans of steak or not, uh, definitely try to get yourself some, yeah. some good Kobe beef. Mm. Would recommend. Mm. Uh, other couple moments I want to make mention before we move on to the next show is uh, the tag match that Ben was talking about with M's Alliance comes out. Their music maybe doesn't translate to Japanese, but the N word the uh, comes out immediately after they come out. It's like, wow, 
sounds pretty extreme, but I love. Oh no, that's that's Chono's music, right? That was the oh, one yeah, where I Chono know. was okay. with him. Yeah. Well, okay, that's right. <laughs> he was with them slides. Yeah, Chono's music having the end word in it, but Chono especially after the match, all the stuff, the shenanigans he got into, all <laughs> that girling and getting slapped in the face, yeah. and being excited about it, all that was great. Especially because the announcer guy was trying to give us the play-by-play of everything that was being said. Oh, loved it. Oh, I didn't watch that with the English commentary. What did he say? Yeah. He was just explaining everything that uh, Chono was talking about about. Uh, he's disappointed that she's not supporting Zagurgan and uh, she should ride with them. Like, yeah, she, then she slapped him in the face. And, and I don't remember all of it, but it was a lot of fun. It's well, not that that adds a lot of insight because watching this just with yeah. Japanese commentary, I watched the yeah. whole thing, but uh, was was a little bit unfamiliar with, with what was going on other <laughs> than it was like I just saw Muto like whisper in her ear and basically be like, slap him right now. And then she yeah, just held back and slapped him. It's great. And then Chono yeah, sold it like a motherfucker a too. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> what did you think of the Marafuji versus Sakuraba chopper? I'm guessing not much since you can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I vaguely about um, <laughs> loving the... No, no, all right. All right I brought it back now. I remember now. Uh, so that was the one where, where you took um, Sakuraba's uh, top off, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Pretty like, sure that's the one. Yeah. yeah, Sakuraba got like real into it and was like doing his All best. All of Sakuraba just... and Funaki stuff was crazy. They were going nuts on mm. each other. Oh, well, that was like a you know dream match kind of thing, basically. Uh, Pancrase versus uh, UWFI back mm. in the 90s. So, I mean, they've, they've also fought in... Um, I want to say heroes, maybe whatever the the follow up promotion to um, Pride was, and they had like a singles match when uh, Sakuraba was still uh, pretty well past his just prime at that point, but it was still a very epic match for its time. So this was the first mm. time the meeting in like a pro wrestling context, uh, probably ever actually. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought all of their their stuff together was was fantastic. Um, I'm a big fan of both of those guys. Mm. Yeah, there was a gif. I don't know if you saw it, Chris, but Sakuraba did that crazy takedown in that match where he like went to he went to kick him. He just kind of turned his back to him and then double legged him uh, backwards. It was fucking amazing. Like he put his head between his legs and double legged him, but he was like going backwards. It was insane. Sakuraba's yeah. the most amazing fun runner ever. Yeah, he, he it feels like he just invents stuff in there. Like just just yeah. reactively, like it's like I don't know how this is gonna go, but I'm just gonna do this, and it's just like so fluid. Like it's it's amazing to see. Like he's so much at a, a different level to everyone when it comes to that. Mm. Like you know, reactive submission grappling kind of work. Beautiful. Oh, and that's how he won the match. Mm-hmm. Yep. With that that leg lock, I do believe him putting his uh that on it looks fucking excruciating yeah that's what that's i like I out of that, submission that work so mm. had they planned that takedown because he went right mm. to the finish but it was fuck yeah it's bananas b-a-n-a-n-a-s oh excuse me banana ah okay tribute to pat maybe not the best timing with the tom cole stuff that's come out of late oh god <laughs> <laughs> 
let's not go anywhere down that I, I started rabbit hole. About Shingo, uh, Shingo and the Dragon Gate boys murdering a monkey on the other podcast I've been on. They're like, let's not talk about that. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's hard to, I don't want to think about it every time I see Shingo wrestle, but I can't. I can't forget about the damn monkey. <laughs> you know about that story, right? From everything I I've heard, Shingo was not as much to blame as uh, no, some of the other guys. No, everyone the ringleader. You think also, it's the opposite? Shingo was the ringleader. I heard he, he basically... Uh, anyway, this... This <laughs> <laughs> is what we got for the other podcast, too. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> and then we go down the rabbit hole of monkey Shingo hole. and the monkey. Oh, God. After it all went down, I heard the the monkey went off to have a, a very nice life. <laughs> so, All things considered, the monkey went on to live a fruitful life. <laughs> With the college, you got a degree. Productive life outside of living in a wrestling dojo. It was an educational experience for all, but you should not have a monkey in a wrestling dojo, I think. You think they would have known? Well, they know now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so after that, I feel like we should get into the saga in Pro Wrestling Noah of the junior division over the past three months. <laughs> ben, take it away. <laughs> oh, damn. So didn't it? Didn't it start in that first one we watched where we had the... We had a lot of craziness a... going on in the junior division mm. during the N1, uh, at, and at which point but... we were like, "There's this is craziness every night. Uh, and a lot then... of it having to do with full throttle and people either being brought into or kicked out of full yeah. throttle. Mm-hmm. So when we left, full throttle was Astoge, Hajime Ohara, and Yoshi... Yoshioka, was it? Uh, Seiki Yoshioka, yeah. Seiki Yoshioka. And by the time we came back, Full Throttle was now Yohei, Hajime Ohara, and how do you say his name again, Chris? Yoshioka. Which I I feel like is an improvement. If anything, I feel like Full Throttle has really found themselves. They also have occasional friend Marafuji that teams with them for for no apparent reason. What's about them even more is... The one dude joined uh, Full Throttle because he's re- recruited by Kotage, and then, and then that guy gets kicked out of the group, yeah. and then they remain together. It's like, it's just such a little weird... It's like but a romance it, triangle. But it does seem to work better with Harada oh, and Astoga tag team with Junta on the odd occasion if they need a third. Yep. Then, then you've also got... We had... Um, Stinger, yeah. Oh, is the Ballad of Stinger, guys. Sort of getting kicked out, broken up. I don't know how you put it, but had some funny, like, smaller shows where, like, he actually refereed a match where it was Stinger versus the... I can't remember who it was now, but it was, like... It was just a complete frigging shambles of a thing. It's like, it starts off... He was in a match, then he was refereeing the match, and he got the dodgy win for the opposition. It's just wait. Who are we talking? Are we talking about Katara Suzuki now? Yeah. So he, I, I, I can't remember how the match started. 
that it ended up him actually refereeing the match. Stinger versus... Oh, it's memories. It was like three or four months ago. I watched it. I can't remember who they were. But he was actually the like a special referee. like Something that you see in the WWE. Yeah. Where he was actually calling it, doing the, the quick count, the one, two, three, or the stalling count when it was uh, Stinger trying to pin. Yeah. Yeah, because the big thing for me was uh, Stinger has changed a lot. I mean, you mentioned um, the, the change that we've seen in full, full throttle. Uh, but we went from Stinger... Uh, being a, a pretty darn strong faction with uh, uh, Ogawa as basically the leader. Uh, we, we've had uh, Chris Ridgway in there, who we haven't seen for a bit of a while, thanks to COVID. Mm. Thanks, COVID. Um, then we we saw, was uh, was Katoge in there early on? Yeah, that's yeah. where he, he went from there yeah. to full throttle. Yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's when he discovered his motorcycle handbars, handlebars. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then he got rec- then he recruited another dude, and then immediately got kicked out of the group. It's just yep. hilarious. Don't do the handlebars anymore. I do miss that. <laughs> the 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 I love vroom, the... Vroom, vroom, vroom. At the end of that one match with Stinger and Hayata with the the mask guy, the the ending was hilarious. Like uh, Hayata's partner turns on him, then the Sawa and wow. buddy. Hang on, hang on. Let, let's wind back a little bit. So so. So to try to hold this partner. together, so we oh, we, we have uh, uh, Stinger, and and so after Ridgeway's gone, then it's the, the core three of um, of Hayata, Ogawa, and Katara Suzuki, which I thought was a, a tremendous trio, like these three yeah. salty veterans. I thought they had a great dynamic to them. Uh, yeah, then, Hayata, I... sorry, then I thought I said Hayata Suzuki. I think so. Never mind. But but yeah. basically, Kataru Suzuki is the key. So then Kataru Suzuki mm. basically gets ousted from Stinger by his two yeah. stablemates in uh, in Hayata and Ogawa. This made me very sad. I was quite heartbroken at this because I, as I said, I really enjoyed this trio. Uh, they they kicked him out. Uh, they they beat him down. And then basically, um, Kataru Suzuki is a, a man alone. He's, he's in no faction. Mm. He then brings in this this other friend who it's like, who the fuck is this mask guy? Oh, yeah, the mask guy, yeah. Yeah, this is the, the, the something or, oriental. So they, anyway, he eventually... Uh, well, let, let's let's take Ford now, okay? So now what, where were you at, Jeremy? This is basically... <laughs> You're right, here. Ben, sorry. Oh, so, right. yeah, this motherfucker, they, he turns on the Sawa... Uh, Air, oh dog, Suzuki, and then the Sawa comes out and says, yeah, haha. They attack the other guy, say we did it for you, and then they turn around and jump him as well. It's like it was just a fucking mess. I... Yeah, it looked like for a brief moment, No Sawa was going to bring Stinger into Segura Gun, and they were like, yeah, cool. And then he's like, Haha, jokes, guys. Nah, I'm actually with Kataro Suzuki. Man. And then the, the big one was when they were beating down, and, and then we have another masked guy uh, who has, like, uh, I, I'm worried that a lot of American fans were going to get too concerned about the, the backwards uh, Schwarzdecker mask, uh, but that that's, means a very much more peaceful and nice thing in, uh, in the world of, of Japan. I think it's like a Buddhist thing. Uh, but so we had this other masked guy. Um, basically, the we've... 
the the other dude, the Oriental dude, loses his mask. He then turns on Katara Suzuki and joins Stinger. Uh, so Katara Suzuki has been turned on again, and then eventually <laughs> we get Katara Suzuki. Uh, as you're saying, when when Nosawa looks like he's going to bring Stinger into Seguragoon, he's like, nah, jokes, and then actually brings Katara Suzuki into Seguragoon, uh, and then we have this other fella with the with the backwards Nazi mask that I'm talking about, uh, who during a beatdown ends up getting unmasked, turns out to be Akudo Hidaka, who is now also a yeah. uh, potential uh, sort of one of those vague members of... Um, Seguragun that just turns up every now and then. So a lot, a lot of things went down over the past few months. Well, like five minutes. <laughs> so much went on at the end of that match. Turbulent world of the Noah Juniors. You did very well there, Christopher. Oh. In, your, in your rundown. I, I tried. I Do you have any anything to add the there? Names. What's up? Any any key moments to add there that I glossed over? Oh, the only the only little funny bit, the thing where Masawa plays a little sort of joke type thing on um, Stinger and pretends as if he's going to join them when yeah, they yeah. turned on Suzuki, and then um, he got the crap out of them. Yeah. <laughs> so now the dust has settled, and Katara Suzuki is is part of Seguragun. Is that is that the the gist here? With Akuto Hidaka and Nasawa? That's the way I read it. Nasawa okay. seems to do what he wants and uh, brings in whoever he wants to Sigurigan. Okay, then we've got That's Stinger, him. which is now that, that trio, uh, along with, uh, what's, what's his name? The, the dude who was in the mask, who was, was like used to be a Freedoms guy. Selvahe or something? I think that was I, his I, mask name, was like Selvahe de Oriental or something. And then he's like got his, his non-mask gimmick. Anyway, uh, I think we're getting a little off track here. But safe to say, a lot of craziness in the Noah Junior division. When doesn't that happen, Christopher? Yeah, that's the running gimmick, guys. Like, just you watch any of this Noah Junior stuff, it's going to be a mile a minute. You don't know what's going to happen. It's not going to be boring. You at least got that. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so other than that, uh, what what do we got on the December show? So this was at the... um, the Tokyo uh, big, um, I can't remember the, the name of the venue, but I actually was there uh, for the Best of the Super Juniors final a couple of years ago, and we had a, an incredible match with Kushida against um, Will Ospreay in the Best of the Ju- oh, Super Juniors final. Um, I just derived and was getting TGI Crydos. <laughs> you missed out on this amazing match. Uh, but no, beautiful venue, fucking beautiful venue. Um and uh, yeah, what a what a tremendous show here with uh, what a lot of people are calling the the Noah match of the year, uh, with um, with Go defending the title against Segura in the main event. First off, I like how the show opened with the classic face off between Okada and Yano. Oh but yep, the young boys. But different Okada and Yano, not the ones from yeah. New Japan who are the. I was trying to make a joke, Chris. Oh. <laughs> Don't get the sarcasm. I'm sorry. Jeez, you normally are so good at that. Yeah. Just kidding. 
<laughs> running gimmick of Jeremy tries to tell a joke and I just go straight over my head. Ben, did you did you get it? Yeah, I did. I got it. I did. I'm gonna start doing this show with him. <laughs> all right, all right. I see how it is. I'm I'm gonna make an outlandish comment here that I feel like Kenya Okada better than Kazuchika Okada. I prefer watching Whoa. Kenya Okada wrestle personally. I think it keeps getting better and better. I I can't say that claim, but I I can see why you're a big fan. I'm just bored to tears yeah. by uh, Kazuchika Okada personally, and hey, I'm let's have that oh, rainmakers and drop kicks for your take. Oh, it's pretty. It, it's like a formula he runs through most matches. The big matches he'll use the rainmaker. If it's just just the normal Corrigan show, you won't see anything. You'll see his drop kick. It's just like a he's doing a checklist and ticking off each match. It's like paint by numbers for me is a is an Okada match. Just you know you go check check the number on the little panel and you're like all right yep this is orange pop this here and yeah it's he's it's been a long time since I've been like really excited about watching an Okada match. Whereas Kenya Okada, I'm very excited. I love him. He kicks people hard. Reminds me of a young Kenta. Got like a real like dickish kind of attitude that I feel is gonna mm. like rise to the top as he as he gets a bit more senior. I definitely like him the most when he's wrestling like like young boys that are younger than him and less experienced because that when you really see mm. that like dickish side sort of come out. Big uh, fan. Kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we got with this Yama uh, kid. Yeah. So good. Uh, any anything else of note on this show? What were the big matches that you guys really enjoyed? Um, I I'm still a big mark for Congo, and I just keep liking how more and more matches mm. I see him in. He's, Fuck he's yeah. fucking he's so dope and so fast. Like one of the fastest guys I've seen, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, and I love Congo's triple power bomb. That it, it's the way they all like land a different direction. It just it looks so cool. I'll never get sick of their running elbow drops either, followed nope. by the pose. Nope. Beautiful. <laughs> I, yeah, they're uh, one of those tables that's cool without being so cool where they're cooler than they are dickish because they still come <laughs> off with some pretty strong dicks. Mm. Love a good strong dick. Oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I isolate that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that picture there, Chris. Oh, no. What have I done? He said no. something naughty. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed the Sakuraba v. Keno one. Yeah, that was uh, good. It just... High octane started with a flurry of open palm strikes. And Sakuraba drops Kenna, which I quite enjoyed seeing. Then it just sort of slowed the pace down, brought it more to the ground. More. Just. Word I'm looking for? Say something. <laughs> Lost. What Help did him. I want to say? Come on, Chris, just read my mind. Make it happy. Is Chris even with us anymore? I am. I'm just really struggling Enjoying to try to think <laughs> what he was going for. Also, like, I'm a big fan of uh, extended awkward silences in podcasts. <laughs> so any time I can try to just extend that out, I'm going to do my best. I appreciate it. I, uh, I was a feeling maybe that was going on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was... Just trying to you mentioned the huge so flurry at the beginning. Yeah, then he slowed the pace down more, worked on the ground, and you sort of, it was more the, the Sakurabi using his 
IQ. His wrestling IQ. Wrestling just, IQ, yeah. Just the outmaneuver Keno, just the deliberate actions he yeah. he takes that you normally just wouldn't think anything of. And then it ramps up again with the, the kick exchange between Sakuraba and Keno, and that was... That was great. It, I, just, I That had like yeah, a great just, intensity to it. I just didn't expect so much from Sakuraba. It just then eventually taking it back to the ground. It was just, it was just like go a game of cat and mouse type thing where Keno keep wanting to stand up, then Sakuraba would exchange with him and bring it back to the ground, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, finished off with was it? This was the one that had it? the great. Um... Um, the, like a during rock. the exchange, where there was one where there was like, was there a palm strike from Keno mm-hmm. that looked like a really rocked Sakuraba, and he was like sort of, sort of out and wobbly from it, and you're just like, whoa! And then Sakuraba comes back near the end and just fucking like lights Keno up. Is that this match? I, I think that's the next one. The next Keno. Yeah. Because this one was like yeah. not even that long. It, it ended, yeah, it's been like, like fifteen minutes. Yeah, it, it ended like really suddenly, where even though yeah. like the referees was or not the referees, the announcers like wasn't sure what happened. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is what yeah. happens when you when you watch three yeah. epic think, shows and a million shows in between, guys. I think the finish was Sakuraba had Keno in like a thigh hold. Mm-hmm. Looks like it was only a matter of time before he taps him out, and then Keno's able to roll over and uses. That same hole to get the one, two, three. Yeah, and use the leverage. Yeah. Yeah. They the rest initially they thought the Keno had tapped out. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're talking about the Funaki match, Chris. Oh, I definitely yeah. remember the palm strikes in the Funaki match. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that was great. Um, but no, I, I've I've loved these uh, national title defenses. It's like they're, they're really putting some some steam on Keno. I think they're they're booking the belt so well. Read someone say like they feel like it's the best secondary title, uh, like the best best booking of a secondary title in like all of professional wrestling right now, which I I can't disagree with. I I feel like they've protected it fucking really really well. It really means something uh, ever since like Segura had that really strong run early on with it, and then uh, since Keno's taken it on. Also, just a big right. fan that it's like red belt with the red dude. Works so well. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like Keno is the fucking man. Um, I, I don't know where it goes from here. I mean, who do, who do you guys see taking this strap off of Keno? What did you see who his next challenger is? No, I don't think I've seen the announcement. What have we got? Uh, Kendo Kashian. Oh, <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, I don't think Kendo Kashian has taken that belt. And if he is, I may yeah. take back that best booked uh, belt <laughs> statement. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love Kendo Kashin and his wackiness, uh, but yeah. I do not think he uh, should be the, the national champion in Noah right about now. Yeah. Is, so, can uh, Segura like is that? Would that be a step down technically since he just challenged for the the main title? I just said challenge in a really weird way. Challenge. Uh, no, I mean like Segura was the the champion prior, so yeah. I guess it'd just be Segura winning his belt back. Um, no. I mean, what do you think? Well, it's not going to be. You can say the heavy hitter, and I can see doing so, unless they really ramp up this Inamura thing. Yeah, Inamura, because most of the other challengers you contemplate are all actually in Congo, and they don't really challenge within their own 
faction of sorts. Mm. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get an inner faction match, it's normally yeah. going to be great. Um, I mean, I personally would love to see, like, Sawyer challenge for that belt. Mm. I feel like Keno and Sawyer would be great. I almost feel like the, the long story of this, because, like, Keno's called him out so many times over the years uh, in, in Tamura. Um, I'm wondering if they finally get, like, Tamura out of retirement, and that's going to be, like, the peak of all of these, like, shooty guys that um, Keno has, has been challenging. <laughs> Uh, fuck, that would be a dream match for me. Big fan of Kyoshi Tamura. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, um, Kaito's yeah, going Kaito, to the big one. I, I hope Kaito gets, gets the GHC title off of, of Muto, even though they booked that a bit faster than I would have thought. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Go just literally needs to get his body back. Because I yeah. don't see him challenge for any belt. With him. No, I think he needs a bit of a rest. Go reminds me like yeah. a, a combination of like the the Sting and the from the '90s and a Bret Hart from the '90s like babyface all rolled together. That's Ooh. that's what I the vibe I mm-hmm. get from it. I like that. I, I like both of those guys in those eras mm-hmm. very much. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't know where the the national title goes. Uh, I mean I've I've always thought maybe there's guys that deserve that that next little push up. Uh, be it a guy like like Masa Saito, I mean no, not Masa Saito, Masa Kitamiya, uh, or um, I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> or um, yeah, like I said, I think I think Soya, like every time he's he's gotten an opportunity to really shine, he has then some. Uh, so yeah, maybe something like that. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see, regardless. Uh, but yeah, uh, this this show. Great stuff. I mean, are we, are we ready to just talk about this incredible, epic match that was Segura versus Go? Yeah, I think we are. Fuck. How do you how do you do this podcast without talking about that match? <laughs> <laughs> this was like one of the most incredible matches mm. I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Uh, I think it helped as well because I, I for some reason thought I read that it was a sixty minute draw. Um. So I was watching it with the assumption that it was going to be a 60-minute draw and the pacing for that. And then you can imagine, like, my surprise on the, the finish. What was it, like, fucking 56 minutes in, 58 minutes in? Yeah. That was amazing. You, you got a spoiler that wasn't real and it totally, <laughs> it, 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 it totally changed what you were seeing. That's hilarious. Yeah, so good. Uh, the other thing I really want to put over in this match is – Obviously, we've got COVID going on. There's rules for the fans. There's, like, reduced capacities. Mm. One of the other rules is they can't vocally say anything. I'm not mm. sure if, if uh, anyone else knows this, but so there's a, a rule um, in, in Japan. So they, they are allowed to clap, but they're not allowed to, like, yeah. make any vocal noise. They're not allowed to shout out the wrestlers' names. They're not allowed to chant uh, any yeah. of that stuff. We've seen uh, Jay White have a lot of fun with that in, uh, in New Japan. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, so... The best part about the match for me, one of these near falls right during like the peak of the match, the, the near fall that really got me as well, that I thought was going to be the finish, even though you know I initially thought it was a 60-minute draw. Uh, what, it, it got such a reaction out of the crowd that there was like a accidental like vocal shock at the near fall. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> fucking like, like Japanese people and like how they, they want to like, you know, do their best to follow the rules. And you, you don't, if this was in America, you'd have 
fuckheads like yelling shit out, even though they know they're not supposed to, to be the center of attention. You don't get that yeah. in Japan. So just like the me, the idea of everyone's just being on their best behavior, they're not making any audible noise, but there was such a fucking near fall that rocked them to their core that they couldn't help but have this audible gasp <laughs> that they weren't supposed to. That popped me so big. Dude, uh, one of the matches on the later show, they did that too. Like, there's a really, really snug lariat that just made this huge stud, and everyone in the crowd is going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, this match, holy shit. And, and the, the biggest thing on this is I was watching it with the eyes of like knowing that, you know, big fucking Dave gave it the, the five, <laughs> which to me, the idea that this is like the only match in Noah history that's ever gotten five stars is like a, an indictment on the, the fucking uh, match rating scale. Uh, did, did any of the Kenta Marufuji ones get the five, Ben? I can't actually remember. I don't think so. From you, t- the, you when I asked, you told me this is the only one he's ever given five to. Yeah, so I think that's your... the case. If, if we are wrong, people, please. Tweet at us and tell us how fucking dumb idiots we are, okay? Fucking stupid dummies. Idiots! Look, a basic Google would have told you this. Um, Even a goog. Just a little goog. Uh, But no, like, it it was an incredible match. Sometimes when you have a match, like, beforehand, it's, like, hyped up that much. It can almost, like, make it disappointing just because you heard it was going to be the best thing ever. But this, like, lived up to that. And, and then some, um, uh, Ben, like, you know how much I fucking loved that Go versus Fujita match this yeah. year. And I basically decided that was going to be my match of the year as soon as it finished. No matter what. I was like, I do not give a fuck whatever happens for the rest of this year. This is my match of the year. <laughs> ben, I, uh, I'm very, very disappointed in myself to say that I think this match beat it out uh so yeah go versus segura uh gets gets my my match of the year it was that fucking incredible i'd have to agree what do you think jeremy best match you've ever Uh, seen uh strong contender i I never make that determination but it's the best most recent match i've ever seen most definitely i did not have any expectations because i didn't hear uh what the outcome was or how long it had went and I was stoked that it was going so long and it kept a high pace where I was actually yeah. invested the entire time, mm. especially toward the end when Segura is just like losing his shit, screaming his head off. Like, oh, in the corner where he's just like yeah. fucking just nailing him, throwing the referee face. away. Yeah. Just going, ah, man, the passion, the intensity. It, yeah. It, it, it is certainly the best match I've seen in most recent memory. I can't, I can't make that determination, Chris. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I I also enjoyed how throughout the match they kept going back to the chops versus forearms mm. multiple times. So yep. it was like a re- recurring theme. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But just like there's banana stuff like the plancha mm. uh, was so like crazy, like not necessarily graceful, mm. which made it so even great. Like, mm. cr- oh, man, yeah. And I when I when it got like into 40 minutes, I was like. Holy crap, I think. Because all of Go's matches are intense and long, and they've always mm. got their different story. But this one went so long. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. I, I want to put over as well, like, how different 
all of Go's matches have been, like all these mm. title defences. Like, yeah, you know, exactly like what I was saying before with, with Okada or like, you know, you got your, your Ric Flair matches or, or whatever, like where you get kind of repetitive to after a point. All of Go's yeah, matches to me are so different and unique. And that really says something about the quality of his title reign of like mm. how, like obviously he has his his key go-to things. You know, we always see yeah. the, the the chops, his sweet Vader taters, his, uh, his uh, go flasher, of course, and uh, the, the big Gowan lariats. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, every match is, is unique, and I think that's like a masterful thing. It's like reminds me a lot of like Bret Hart kind of thing, you know, where it's like he's just putting that work in to make each match like unique. Um, yeah. So I think that that has to the, has to have some um, respect given to it. Oh yeah, he yeah, did that delayed Liger Bob where he like had uh, mm. like just hold it forever for no good reason. I, I felt <laughs> like it made it more devastating. But hey, fucking hey, it looks rad. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the the delay on it, and I was just like, "All right, yeah." I, I got the, the exact uh, exact note written down: big stalling Liger Bob. Yeah, <laughs> and then also it was like just so many different sequences like they went German for German and they get the Suggs doing the what is it the spinning DDT to the outside with no mat mm. just so many crazy things and like Sugiyori you don't really see him I, like I've watched alone but he doesn't really do his Olympic slam that much yeah he, he saves it and as he, like a big finish he, kind of thing he very rare, he, and he pulls it out, and it's just, just so many different things. Like both of them, they when it's a big match, they sort of go to a new level and bring out different things that just make it stand out above anything else. So you know it's a it's a for a special occasion. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it was really just a pure battle of attrition. I mm. think was like to me the real story of the match of just like two guys giving it their absolute all, like. For such a long period of time, like the level of stiffness and the, the the speed and the just like everything in this was like so impressive to see for a match that went that long, and that that's the why I you know put it over so much, of course. And there we go. Good. Oh wait. Uh... <laughs> I've never seen Go dive to the outside of the ring before. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That part was nuts, man. That's what I still was like. But the part I did also, is where he, he hadn't done it, I reckon, for a while, and his feet only just got over when they sort of hit the rope, and you sort of like, is he actually going to make it far enough? Yep. It was, that's yeah, it's a, it's a big one that he, he pulls out on special mm. occasions. I definitely have, have seen him do it a few times before. I'm, I'm such a big fan of that kind of dive, like the big mm. undertaker dive, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, like just a, a big dude doing a, a big running fucking like dive, clearing or mostly clearing the top rope. <laughs> uh, yeah, just impressive as shit. I also like with the finish and they went back to the, the story of the match for me, like the chops versus the forearms, yep. the double forearms versus the double windmills, then the closed palm strikes, and go lands the three big lariat oh the how did it what's uh, the the lariats? The the Gowan lariats. Gowan yeah the Gowan lariats. And then uh 
Yeah, Muto come out for a, to challenge. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that started our big road to uh, to to Budokan. And and what a thing! Like leading up to to that, like there was so much talk back and forth of oh fuck, I can't believe you know Noah's returning to Budokan and it's got Muto in the main event. Mm. Uh, the idea of everyone being like, well, Muto can't be the guy that beats Go for the title after this yeah. run. Uh, yeah. Then the other ones are just like, because I, I remember we spoke about this, Ben, and I was like, well, mm. I hate to say it, but I, I feel like it's it's probably the right booking thing yeah. to do because of Kaito losing that match to, to Muto and part of the, the Kaito redemption story. How perfect yeah. would it be for him to, to win his belt back from the guy that, that beat him? Um, and, and also you brought up a good point, Ben, of like, who else would be left for Go? He's pretty much run roughshod through the entire Noah like roster, hmm. right? Yeah, it's it's like it's back to the only other person he would be going back to Kaito himself. But I guess the build does work better for Kaito with the redemption story, taking on Muto for his possible second reign of the title. In, I think it's like March, isn't it, when they have their match? Yeah. So quite, again, like I said before, I was very surprised to see they're doing it this early. Um, I was thinking Muto would probably get a couple token title defences yeah. under his belt. Uh, but, he, I mean, shit, if, if Muto beats Kaito here in this match, I don't know what to think. Well, well that that has me a little... Cause I just saw he signed a two-year deal. That has me almost like, well, he possibly actually could win this first match. But do you, do you not think that was kicking. like maybe a bit of a a bit of a what's it called? We oh, given trying to throw of... people off, yeah, like a red herring. If, if Kaito did lose this match, it'd be a pretty big kick in the balls. <laughs> yeah, who Especially the fuck would be the, winning the, it? The trajectory is going at the moment. It's it's sort of it's all aiming up, and if he has like this hurdle here, it's like, oh, he actually gonna. Have Muto had the title the whole way to possibly like the N one or a bigger show later in the year or gosh. I don't know what I mean that's what makes this all interesting, right? Mm. We don't know what's quite gonna happen, even though yeah, mm. where we're thinking and we're hoping Kaito is gonna gonna win that belt in uh, Fukuoka, but who knows? Mm. Um but we, we did have a, a little way before we, we got there. There was a an amazing mat, a show that I just loved, that I wanted to make mention of. You didn't watch this one, Jeremy, but the, the uh, that first Corican show of the year, Ben, where they had the, basically like their surprise show where no oh, one yeah. knows what the card is going to be, uh, was just tremendous. The surprises that we, we got on this card, we had fucking uh, Osama and Nishimura turn up, and I, I fucking love Mr. Muga, so I was so happy to see that. Uh, we had Tanaka, Masato Tanaka turn up, and the, the... Well, not only turn up, he's joined M's Alliance. He's yeah, actually... he's, he does have a, a name that starts with M. So there mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite reason for these guys to be buddies. Like honestly, <laughs> it's the simplest idea for a stable, the most straightforward. It somehow makes the most sense. We just all have an M in our name. You also forgot the quickest ever match I've seen on a wrestling show. Five oh, seconds. how good was it? Masawa Noe comes to the ring, doesn't know who his opponent is, is just like looking at the crowd like, all right, here we go, who have I got? And then you hear the iconic music of 
Kazuyuki Ironhead Fujita, and you just see this look on and poor little Inoue's face is just like, oh fuck. And then Fujita comes out and <laughs> proceeds to murder poor Inoue in what was it, about 10 seconds, Ben? No, literally five seconds. This is what actually <laughs> he says on Cage Match. <laughs> he pretty much what, he gets the hold and he basically just submits straight away. Yeah, so good. And then he just like looks at the crowd and is like, well, done it. And then just goes home. <laughs> but no, my, my biggest and best surprise on this was uh, the, the surprise appearance of Hiroshi Hase. And I fucking mm. love Hase. And it was so good to see, like, he's still looking in great shape, can still move, still has the best Urinage in the business. But my favorite part of all was when the surprise came up. How they kept zooming in on that that female Japanese commentator, oh, yeah, 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 and just the look of pure fucking like surprise and joy on her face when it was Hase, and she's just like Hase, Hase, fuck. I mean, I, I... After, the, after the match too, when he comes over and it's like it's like a it's like a, a little girl on freaking Christmas morning opening up all her presents. It's like she was that excited. <laughs> it's like pure joy. Oh god. Beautiful. So yeah, I'd recommend if, if anyone hasn't seen that, that was definitely something to see. Love that show. Um, we're not going to talk about everything because we're, we're getting through the, the pointy end of this show. So uh, we, we then finally got Budokan Hall. Now, uh, we only got to see the second half of the show because there was a complicated little thing that happened where apparently for a moment I thought we were going to have to buy this on the fight pay-per-view. Uh, even though you know, I already pay the the Wrestle Universe subscription, and then we realised, hey, actually, the second half is still going to be in Wrestle Universe. So we get the second half, which has all of the key most important matches, but we miss out ben on the first half. Out, dude. When, we, <laughs> when we were talking about it through text, Ben goes, "Yeah, only the first half is on there." I'm like, "What?" But it shows all the all the main. How is this the first? <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was all right. We we basically got all of the title matches. We got Akiyama's big return, uh, so it worked out fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I was so jazzed leading up to this. As I said, I was like just jamming through all the Noah to make sure I was caught up. Uh, didn't want to be spoiled. And just yeah, when I first put it on, and you just see the beautiful like Budokan Hall. Uh, you see the the beautiful like entrance, big big set mm. thing that they had set up. The oh, it just felt special. I was just like Noah is home. Noah has has returned home. Beautiful to see. I'm so happy. Uh, it was a, it is an amazing venue. Yeah, I've I've never seen wrestling in there live. Uh, I, I have been mm. there once just so I could say you know I went into the hallowed halls of, of Budokan Hall. But still, I, I hope to one day see a, a Noah show at Budokan Hall. But yeah, definitely has such a that, presence to it as a venue. That reminds me, what was the venue we went to? We actually didn't see a show, but we went to like a museum next door to it or something, or an art gallery next door to it. Oh, the, that's uh, that was Sumo Hall, wasn't it? Ryu Goku. No, oh yeah, because I'm Ryu Goku. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so we went to an art gallery next to Ryu Goku. 
which is an absolutely beautiful venue to see wrestling in. Uh, you sit in your little sumo box. You get to have your, your alcoholic beverages. You just sit, sit, sprawl down in a little sumo box with a cushion. Good time. But we're not talking about sumo hall. We're talking about Budokan hall. And our first match uh, on the, the card was the, the junior tag title match. So we got um, Hayata and Ogawa defending against... Um, uh, against uh, the the former member of Stinger in uh, Katara Suzuki, the aforementioned Katara Suzuki, and his new buddy in Akuta Hidaka. And Akuta Hidaka is another one of these guys that just doesn't age. I feel like he's just been oh, the same God, age no. for like the last 20 years, mm. and he can still move. It's it's mm. just great to see. Thoughts? It's crazy how well he moves mm. at that age. I... I love the disrespect Suzuki showed to Agawa throughout the whole match. Where like numerous <laughs> times where he just walk over and then back heel him or just stomp on him. Yeah. So you know, good. It just I did enjoy it. It just made yeah. it gave me a little smile every time I saw him do something like that. The the clear story of these two old guys like having an issue from way back was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still hope that they get over their tiff and we get uh, Katari Suzuki back in Stinger because I still felt like they were such a great team, but I, I don't think that's going to happen, mm. sadly. But I'm such a big Katari Suzuki fan. That, that was another thing. He was our, our GHC junior champion back when and then mm. dropped it to uh, Daisuke Harada. Oh, wow. um, and... Yeah, he's this sort of a a, a man just uh, was a man without a home, without a belt, and now he's got a new home in Segurigan. So who knows how that's going to go into the future? But I always love Katara Suzuki. I did, and I did like the finish too, where Suzuki gets the two can after is it Blue Destiny and a yep. rolling elbows mm-hmm. follows up with the vicious elbows, where he isolates the face and just. Has the body pinned so it's just an open shot. Mm. That's probably one of my favorite fucking. Just like a like the there. death blow, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're there, you hold their luck in the hands, and you're ready to fucking uh, kill them. Yeah. But then, uh, <laughs> how uh, I love that head scissors that he did yeah. to win a match. That was fucking cool. That's the yeah. one note I had on the match because I was just really watching yeah. the whole thing, and I was like, "Whoa, that head scissors was fucking amazing." Yeah. Yeah, so good. He's such an inventive wrestler. I'm just big fan. Uh, all right, now uh, let's zoom on. We had the junior title match uh, between Daisuke Harada defending the title against Seiki Yoshioka, a uh, member of Full Throttle. So prior to this, there was just an incredible junior title defense uh, where, where Harada defended the title against Hajime Ohara. Uh, basically the, the leader of Full Throttle, I want to say. Uh, and then at the end of it, we have Seiki, the, the young protege, come out and, and make the challenge after his, uh, his his boss lost, basically. And I was, as soon as I heard the idea of this match, so excited. So damn excited. Uh, and again, did not disappoint. This, uh, this was like reminding me of those big, epic Budokan Hall, Noah Junior title matches, you know, the likes of like, Kenta and, uh, and Ishimori, uh, Nakajima, uh, Katara Suzuki, like those kind of ones. So I was, I thought this was perfect. What do you guys think? David, I'll let you go first, Jeremy. All right, bud. Uh, <laughs> I was actually incredibly impressed with this match. I didn't, 
all the other shows, uh, Yoshioka was not like necessarily stand out as much as this, as far as I was concerned. This was incredible. Like Harada could barely keep up. It was, I was incredibly impressed, and I fucking love that crash driver, like the power bomb that's like a, from the Styles Clash position. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh that's... my goodness! Wow. I was so scared. I thought he was gonna drop <laughs> on the damn head. <laughs> Such a badass move. And there was another cool spot uh, where uh, Harada uh, did a cartwheel to like get back control. Oh, yeah. And like rolled the guy over. Mm. It was fucking cool. I've never seen that before. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I I loved it too. It was a, a pure power versus speed type match. Uh, two different, different, two different types of juniors. Mm-hmm. And yet, I'd actually, I think I saw that that move you're talking about. He got a win in one of the Crokin shows previous. Yeah, I want to say that, that was what move. he used to beat um, O'Hara. Uh, yes, it could have been O'Hara. But yeah, that's that's the only other time I'd ever seen it happen. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I did so enjoy cool. that one. I love that this match was like all about uh, Yoshioka. Like just all mm. about him looking fucking great. It was like his coming out party as a, as a match. Um, and he just looked like like Fucking best junior heavyweight in the world, basically. Those crisp feet he has. That mm. and the speed, just... the speed and power and crispness is oh. like just something unmatched. Hey, yeah. and also that move he did before he did that crash driver. It was that crazy spin move. Yeah, it's basically yeah, almost that. like a like a shingo, like made in uh, in Japan, but like off to the side kind of thing. Yeah. Looked nasty. And did uh, was it Harada that did the Splash Mountain into like a GTS? Like he had a, like in the Splash Mountain bomb pose, and like he turned around and kneed him in the head. It was I just have the note of the move. Oh like, yeah, like the, yeah, the spinny Harada. off. Yeah, 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 so cool. Yeah, it was a, yeah. a, a yeah. GTS. Or, man, how do you even think of like Splash Mountain into a knee to the face? He's an invented yeah, it was like dude. A, a sequence where he like and it's a German off the ropes. Then he did the, the huge knee off the shoulders and then did a release German into the corner corner buckles. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. I, uh, I really want to see more matches between these guys. I, uh, I want to see a, a rematch. Uh, it, it's so good. I mean, I guess yeah, the first... My notes first... are like kind of stream of consciousness. My notes here goes, oh, that was awesome. And then, <laughs> then I said, this match is awesome. And then I was a couple minutes later, it's, oh, this match is fucking great. In my notes, like, I love that. But it was also like a little story of like Harada not wanting to give him where he just stood there and took like 10 of those. Oh, those kicks, kicks, right? And it yeah. just felt like it was never going to end. I love those spots where Noah really like, like you see them getting the most out of these little things. And yeah, when we were watching it, we were just like, I hope this goes for like 10 minutes where he just keeps kicking it in the chest. <laughs> but then he like he's, he's standing, he takes like ten or so. Then he drops to one knee and take. Mm. They keep going, and then he takes another. It's like how much more pain can this man take? Yeah, but he and just it seemed just like the the thing is like calling. I was like, oh, I want more type stuff. Yeah, and this was another match like, that I watched twice because the first time it mm. almost felt like the finish kind of came out of nowhere. But mm. then when I watched it the second time, it really wasn't because uh, yeah, like. Yoshioka just lit him up with a variety of stuff, yeah. especially like a real nasty head kick that yeah. just looked like he was completely out. And then Harada, oh right, 
Man, and then yeah, of course the that, that sweet move that we just spoke about, and followed by that murderous <laughs> Styles Clash pile driver power bomb variant. That's Styles Clash looked like a weak piece of shit. That one. It's like, <laughs> what <the> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then after the match, we have the next next uh, yeah. challenger, um, bloody uh, the the tag partner of um, of Harada. In uh, Tsushi Kotoge. So um, I reckon that's going to be uh, another very good match. Not as much of a fan of Kotoge as I am of Harada, but I still think Kotoge is a very good wrestler. I wonder if he'll run into the corner and get some clothesline. <laughs> I bet he will. I hope he will. so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so then we go on to another match that had a, a lot of um, a lot of lot of heart, a lot of nostalgia to it. In uh, Grumpy Uncle Jun's big uh, return to to Noah, he has been back a few times. That I realised listening to the the commentary uh, since the the big uh, when he first left for all Japan uh, way back when. Uh, but it still is a, a special time to, to see Jun Akiyama, dude so always associated with, with pro wrestling Noah, uh, back and, and back, especially in, in Budokan Hall. So I, I had all of the, the special, nice sort of nostalgia feelings as soon as uh, Jun's music hit. Uh, I thought it was so cool to, to see him back there. What do you guys think? Oh, I totally agree. I it just reminded me of how vicious he actually could be, and it's like, I've missed watching you in Noah. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, after, I like, for how like... long, like, we have saw Jun yeah. in all Japan, just, like, reduced to, like, an opening match guy, not getting oh, the shoulders yeah. much, and you're just like, holy fuck, he's still great. Oh, I didn't even know he was still wrestling, so I was just kind of shocked. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I like wrestling as much as the next guy, I'm kind of big fan of Japanese wrestlers cursory, not like seeing a ton of their matches. So yeah. I just know of the legend of Jun Nakayama and then seeing him walk out, I'm like, holy shit, someone's fucked. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a nice way to start up with him and Inamura in the ring. Just uh, starting off with the collar and elbow type, type set up and then going to Inamura saying, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then the, like, the, the test of strength. Mm. And it literally takes him like six or seven goes to actually put him on the ground. I just love the uh, the start, the sort of just that testing himself to see the progress he's made from only being like what is it a, a young boy type thing like the like two years ago to where he's at now or where he's building towards. Mm-hmm. Been quite good the progress he's made, and then. Also, just how heated it got between Kaito and uh, Akiyama and then Inamura. And it's like, Marafuji sort of just took a back seat and it was sort of just more seeing Akiyama work with the two new young guys of Noah. Mm. It really made me want to see a future single match with um, Mm. Akiyama and Kaito Kiyomiya. Mm. Oh, 100%. All their stuff looks so great together. I was... uh, like Ben was saying, I like the way it started out, especially with Inamura's not backing down. The first thing he does, he just comes up and slams him in the chest directly with a big forearm. Like, mm. you know what? I ain't backing down, motherfucker. I know who you are. He kept on dropping the forearm on 
June's chest, not backing down for the big man. And then Kaido came in there too, and he's not. I just liked it. I appreciated these two guys were stepping up to someone who clearly was intended to be in there to intimidate the hell out of him. And they kind of sold that story on commentary too. Also, that the big heat when Inamura finally comes back in to the ring and lands that big vertical suplex and that beautiful, beautiful flying shoulder charge. Mm-hmm. And just how excited the commentator got. It was like, I actually don't mind listening to you, Mr. British Man. <laughs> what a compliment. Mm. <laughs> He's slicker than a goat up and runner skates. <laughs> Oh, I was I was expecting that Jun was going to get the big win in this one. Mm. I was thinking like, oh, is it just going to be him getting a big win and then we're going to get to see him in, in Kaito? Uh, but no, it was uh, Kaito's moment to get the, the big win, the big spotlight uh, for him uh, ultimately challenging Muto for the title. So a little bit surprised. Do you think we're going to see much more Akiyama in Noah? Uh, or do you I... think it was just like a one-off and then back to DDT? Well, I, is it, there's a possibility, but I just sort of saw Rice. He seems to be more towards pushing the younger guys. Yeah. As much as he beats the shit out of them, <laughs> the way he normally books it so he makes them look so good. Yeah. So I, I'd like to say yeah, he's putting them over by beating their ass. Mm. Yeah. But, well, he's definitely going to be with, he signed a new contract with DDT, and after the match, I saw him with, uh, in, with Tetsuya Endo, Tetsuya, however you say was fucking really good too so yeah they, they seem to be pushing him very hard in uh, mm. DDT which I'm very happy to see so uh, mm. I'll, I'll continue so, to watch Akiyama there but I selfishly mm. do very much want to see him back in Noah mm. alright sorry go on oh I was just saying it's definitely a possibility since they are technically oh he is under the contract with the same the same parent company of sorts. They are both yeah. under the umbrella of yeah. uh, Cybrate. I think so. Is it that side? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we then move on to our national title match, the last match we'll be talking about today. So we've already discussed the main event. Mm. So we have the last <laughs> little match. Uh, with none other than Masakatsu fucking Funaki challenging for Keno's national title. And going into this, that, that Korokin before this, Masakatsu Funaki just looked incredible. It was like the best Masakatsu Funaki I've, I've seen probably since his return to pro wrestling full stop. Um, so I was very excited for this. And mm. he did not disappoint. I, I adored oh, this God, match, God. and I, I think this was my favorite match on the show, honestly. I tend to agree as well. It was I, The exchanges between both of them, the open palm strikes, the kicks, it was just like, how much can I hurt you? Mm. I enjoyed every moment. Just the crispness of how they, the strikes, it was just seen two professionals go at it and the, the kick he did the, the is it a carpo kick that that spinning kick he did on uh, Keno in the corner it just connected so crisp just below through the oh hell the yeah mm. it's like fuck man this guy's like 52 and he is a fucking monster another one of these ageless mm. wonders mm. yeah they made a comment on when he's walking out how 
uh, Keno was covered in sweat and Funaki had not a drop. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, the way this match finished, hmm. I, I do enjoy it because it seems to be only, only really happens in nowhere. It just takes like one crisp head kick and then it just with the follows up with the dragon suplex and that's the one, two, three. It's like, hmm. it was almost like a shock type finish. It's like, you saw it could be coming, but you just didn't know that was going to be the one that actually did it. Yeah. I just, yeah, that's that type of finish. Just something you don't expect. So I do definitely enjoy it when I see it. And I love that I as well because it, it invests you in like near falls mm. of other matches too. Cause you're like, mm. Hey, any of these like fucking hard head kicks or, or flash kind of pins or whatever could, could end it. But yeah, to me, this, this match was just, I mean, it didn't go too long. What was it like? 12 minutes, 14 minutes, something like that. Oh, at most, yeah, maybe 15 at max, but yeah. Yeah, but the whole time was like electric. Like I was I was like mm. glued to the screen for this this whole match start to finish and it was just so much fun and and just like that obviously, you know, I love like shoot style wrestling, so mm. it really had that to it. But like Funaki looked so good. I I was hoping he was going to win the title honestly. Oh, I would have loved that. Yeah, yeah. Just it's you. You sort of can. I started because I've, I've watched so much now in the last year. I have expected to see it a little bit. Whenever Keno's in a match, mm-hmm. I know it's more likely. It is a, a big possibility that it will finish with just that snap head kick. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it actually happen in maybe some like Nakajima type matches too, because they both can. Because Nakajima but, was doing that a bit, uh, a bit last year, wasn't it? Where he was finishing mm, off a lot yeah. of people with flash head kicks. I remember there was like that yeah. that Nakajima Keno match that ended in mm. a flash head kick finish like that. Yeah. I like I like the vibe of this show. That even though it's going to sound contradictory, the fact that Muda won the title at the end of the show, <laughs> but they almost felt like they are. Not passing the torch, but definitely it was setting up like this is the future generation of our company. Yeah. These are the guys that everyone should keep their eye on. And it, it and, you know, outside of the whole Muda being the champion, they are definitely working toward a younger yeah. <laughs> uh, talent base. As far as I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, making making their own Noah Grown stars type thing. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's like something to put over. I think the idea that it's like they are, you know. They did put the strap on a you know fifty eight year old man, but like the emphasis is really on still on the next generation. So yeah, and it was interesting, yeah, the way they did that when uh, Muto even won the belt. Like I don't even think he got to like raise it up, <laughs> like have his hand raised before fucking uh, Kaito was right there to to challenge. Hey, and he just like basically like walked out immediately. Didn't even get like his moment in the spotlight. It's like, I think he was still on the ground. He didn't have the energy to get up yet. And he was uh, already, uh, his next challenger was there. Another thing that I didn't notice until rewatch was uh, the way like Muto went to put his hand out to shake Go's hand. And Go was just irate. He was just so irate and disappointed. And she's like, no, fuck you. And just like swats his hand away. It was like the perfect reaction. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Yeah, just the way it's it was. Not the respect bit. We don't need this respect bit. I'm really. Yeah. You, you see how much I've been getting beat up for this fucking title? I'm really yeah. irritated. Then have it fucking yeah. stolen from me on your fucking Frankensteiner, you bitch. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to shake your fucking hand. <laughs> Good stuff. 
so good. Yeah. Well, that that is pretty well it, I reckon. Uh, any any closing thoughts, guys? Um, I fucking love Noah, um, and we can <laughs> still keep going. But I think it might be fun to. We were talking about maybe watching some DDT, but I think we should pepper in some American indie again as well. Maybe watch Shit, the yeah. next show. I am. Um, I'm personally very jazzed for Bloodsport at the moment. I'm a big fan mm. of Bloodsport. Um, we can definitely watch that. Yeah, so I think that could be good. I know we've had uh I hadn't actually got round to watching the the one with uh Moxley um against uh it was Moxley and Dickinson, wasn't it? Yeah. From last year. Yeah, I hadn't around gotten around to do that, so I, I bought the the show and so I'm uh, I'm going to be watching that. Then of course, we've got the the Bloodsport show that happened uh, last week, was it? And then there's one also happening like like tonight, I want to say. So Got a whole lot of blood sport in front of us, so that might be cool to to look yeah. at. And then they got their show on um, Mania Weekend as well, I believe. Oh man! By the way, I can't believe how many shows are running Mania Weekend. It's crazy. Like almost like we're not even in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Hey, it's like a weird thing. That's where I think the big one for me was when I saw like Spring Break was on again. Yeah. So, oh, well, I guess GCW has been promoting a bunch of uh, shows regardless, as much as uh, Brett seems to be getting a bunch of shit for it. But, oh, well. Even even Team Vision Pedojo is uh, having a show. The good old Pedojo <laughs> fucking chasing rants. <laughs> uh, you and your... Or do you uh, say Pedojo? Pedojo? Your, your never-ending feud against chasing rants. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's another one of these uh rabbit holes that I'm gonna avoid going down selectively, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, there's a lot of a lot of exciting wrestling coming up. Uh yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to talk about a bit of blood sport. Um Yeah. Fuck I did watch a uh, AEW this week. And the whole Kenta thing and everything is pretty exciting, hey. No, yeah, actually, they're doing the exploding barbed wire deathmatch too. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Just at the end of the show, I didn't even know. And then it's like, what? We're getting an FMW fucking tribute match. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, Jimmy. <laughs> Whoa, wild. But yeah, I have to. We know we don't talk about AEW necessarily on this show, but I cannot not put over how incredible that Riho uh, match against um, Serena Deeb was this week. I thought that was like the best women's match I've seen in so long. I was doing art and not paying attention. I didn't oh, actually. Man, oh, but it sounded fucking I great. I haven't actually seen it yet. Oh well, you both uh, well, have a, a doozy to look forward to. Yeah, I haven't got to the AEW yet. What a All great right. way to end the show. Chris putting something over, we both say, yeah, haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did we spoil the, the death match for you, Ben? If you haven't seen it yet? I did hear something, but I didn't know what they were talking about when I saw something on Twitter or something. Okay, okay. Well, I look forward to, to uh, hearing your thoughts on the way it plays yeah. out. Let's try to make this next yeah. show sooner. How about it? Yeah, well, that's yeah, the plan. And then right. next thing you know, next show ends up being nine months later. I I forget to hit you guys up, but I'm just if you guys let me know, I'll get ready. So let me 
Mm. No worries. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can follow the show at Grown Men Pod. You can follow me at Chris Things, uh, especially on the Twitter for that sick, sick wrestling art. Uh, you can uh, find Jeremy where? Oh, at James Vanderveek, at J A M. Oh, I fucked up my own name. J A I M S Vanderveek. And you can also give my sweet t shirt designs at pentagonzo.com. Nice, nice. How about you, Ben? At Ben Kelly Triple Three on Twitter, and I do absolutely nothing on there. So make sure to get on top of that, folks. Uh, also, uh, at uh, Social Suplex, uh, everyone, uh, big thanks to Social Suplex for keeping this podcast going. Uh, the, the, all of the, the variety of, of great Social Suplex shows, uh, keeping it strong style, of course, One Nation Radio, all of those things. Uh, check out socialsuplex.com for all of that podcast goodness. And on that note, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for, for sharing our love of pro wrestling. Noah, keep supporting. Sign up to, uh, to, to Wrestle Universe and, and watch all of the Noah on there. It's great that we get to, to financially support Noah in a sense these days and, and keep up with it uh, live. Such a treat for uh, Noah fans to actually be able to, to watch the product as it happens. Uh, it's on an incredible run right now, so get aboard the, the good ship Noah. Uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty well it. Well, thanks, guys, and uh, I'll see All you right. later. It's Rifty. Is... Bye. Bye. Here we go. Fun show, guys. Fun show. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.